Hello, and welcome to Family Tree Sagas. We are excited to share the true tales from our own diverse family tree and to remind you that every family tree has its own incredible sagas. These narratives, richly painted with meticulous genealogical research and AI-enhanced creativity, celebrate the legacies that forge our identities. Explore the enchanting Sicilian sagas. Uncover the depths of northern Mexico with the Allende Chronicles and venture into the heart of dispatches from the disputed Texas territories. Each story is a piece of a much larger puzzle, just like the stories in your own tree. So, let's set sail on this journey of discovery together, celebrating the sagas that connect us all. The Allende Chronicles, in search of De La Garza Chapter 2. Meanwhile, back in Spain. During the final decades of the 15th century, Spain, having barely recovered from 700 years of intermittent conflict with the North African Moors, was gaining momentum in its quest to discover new Atlantic horizons beyond the Pillars of Hercules. But now a resurgent imperial dream took hold which would irrevocably transform lands afar while imprinting indelibly upon an unguessed lineage enduring in both blood and spirit. Seeking the Canary Islands farther west, and a potential alliance with the mythical ruler Prester John to counter the encroaching Ottomans, the Catholic monarchs, Isabella and Ferdinand, invested in the Genoese Admiral Columbus and his promised route to the rich Asian spice ports. Little did they envision the cascade of consequences to ripple outward from his 1492 landfall upon a new world, whose very existence would shift global paradigms of geography, culture and colonization for centuries hence. Soon. Figures like Hernán Cortés and his band of ambitious conquistadors, claiming the vision and blessings of the long-dead Saint Paul, would unleash their firearms, war dogs, and microbial allies against indigenous American empires. Their spectacular victories yielded wealth in gold and silver beyond imagining that would finance faraway dynastic conflicts. Yet, from the ashes arose a traumatized yet syncretic new culture destined to weave all its layered ancestral strands into the tapestry of modern Mexico and beyond. This bloodline that we follow, emerging through generations of alliance and enmity between native and newcomer, held within itself the seeds of both spiritual conquerors and conquered. And ultimately, neither. Amidst this confluence of cultures, a name surfaces in the annals of history, de la Garza. This name, rooted in Spain yet entwined with the destiny of the New World, whispers of origins both noble and humble. It bears the weight of stories untold, of journeys across oceans and continents. The de la Garza lineage, while distinctly present in the wake of Spain's conquest, eludes precise origin. It is a name that could have sailed with the first wave of conquistadors, etching its legacy into the fabric of the nascent Mexican society or perhaps it emerged later, carried by those who traversed the vast ocean in pursuit of new lives in the post-conquest migration. The enigma of its genesis, whether amidst the clash of swords and wills or through the quiet determination of later settlers, remains for now a tantalizing mystery. As we trace the threads of this lineage back to the old world, we find the de la Garza name in the heart of Spain, a country undergoing its own monumental transformations. Yet, whether it was among the ranks of Cortez's men or arrived with the families that followed seeking fortune and a new beginning in Mexico City, the story of de la Garza intertwines with the broader tapestry of Spanish and Mexican history. This saga, with documents yet to be revealed, 
holds the key to understanding how this name came to shape and be shaped by the events that forged a new world. As the sweeping cycles of Mexican antiquity turned, far across the Atlantic, new forces were stirring in the Iberian homeland of civilizations yet to come. In those final decades before Columbus lifted his sails toward unknown horizons, a resurgent Spanish empire looked back as much as forward from mountains and coastlines they had rested back from 700 years of Moorish influence. Victory in 1492 completed the reconquest of Fort Ferdinand and Isabella, leaving an appetite for bold ventures, plunder, and religious expansion as Christendom confronted new Islamic rivals in the East. In this era of discovery, families like the de la Garzas, drawn by tales of Atlantic islands holding rich dragon's blood trees and perhaps vestiges of lost Atlantis itself, seeking the now famous Canaries, and hoping to for an alliance with the mythical Prester John against the encroaching Ottomans, the Catholic monarchs financed the Genoese Admiral Columbus and his three small ships to unlock these secrets and forge new trade routes by daring to sail westward. What emerged instead from oceanic mists was a world undreamt and a cascading destiny for distant lands barely imagined in yearnings for oriental spice wealth. In this heady era of discovery and danger, events rapidly built through figures like Cortez towards an epic-making clash of civilizations to shake the new world's very foundations. Yet, from the ashes, arose a traumatized but syncretic new culture destined to entwine all its layered ancestral strands into the tapestry of modern Mexico and beyond. Spain's years of turmoil and revival, a time that may have shaped the early destinies of families like the de la Garzas, left cultural imprints not just upon architecture but upon bloodlines soon bound for upheaval and ocean away. As Christianity reasserted dominance in the peninsula, tension grew with persisting Moorish and Jewish enclaves now pressured to convert, leave or face inquisitors' pyres. The fall of Granada and onset of forced diasporas proved bittersweet indeed. Yet crusading momentum found new outlets as the papal-crowned Catholic monarchs looked outward with missionary zeal. Converting indigenous canaries and securing North African strongholds would push back Islamic rivals while funding further exploration. As hereditary rulers finished reconsolidating their realms, ambitions swelled to pursue military orders and nobility left idle without infidels to conquer at home. Might not their descendants inherit will to power and lust for prestige in equal share? These years also saw visionaries like Rodrigo Borja bring Renaissance scrutiny onto Iberian church corruption and Islamic scholarship regain appreciation through translated treatises brought from Cordoba to Salamanca's learned halls. The currents of history prove unbounded. What consequences, then, might arise from such a revival of philosophy and science in the New World colonies? beyond the realms previously known and assumed by Europeans. As Spain stood upon the precipice of opportunity, the de la Garza lineage, too, awaited the unfolding of a new chapter. With Inquisition's darkness falling behind came callings towards Atlantic light. What revelations awaited beyond pillars of Hercules where legend held no mariner could sail and return? With three small caravels. Genoa's son Columbus would uncork forces exceeding most any reckoning save by select heirs fated to ride wild torrents in centuries unnamed. As Queen Isabella weighed Atlantic prospects, might her zeal for calculated risks and empire-building have passed to descendants who also proved visionary nation-builders in eras to come. And the forceful statecraft of Ferdinand subjugating unruly vassals through paternalistic certainties under divine banners, 
perhaps it too endured through heirlooms of conviction empowering future generational leaders to withstand wilderness chaos. Torquemada's darkened shadows may have equally crept down family chronicles, staining worldviews amid isolation's hardening of wisdom into rigidity of principle. When later crises forced harsh decisions under external pressures were their vestiges of ancestral, inquisitional precedents. Yet lighting adverse legacies, the Jewish scholars exiled westward carried sparks of Renaissance thought and scientific inquiry to kindle enlightened discourse in years ahead. Did their progeny thus inherit questing intellects and subtle powers of persuasion that proved vital to raising luminous cultural monuments from ignorance and fear's rubble? So flowed the undercurrents through Spain's epic chapters, leaving cultural imprints and contrails of potential. What archives may yet trace the streams by which such heritages filtered into one family's variants across ages of Mexican mystery? Our excavation continues. The ruthless conquest mentality that Cortez embodied perhaps mirrored in the ambitious spirits within the De La Garza line, daring gambits under banners of divine sanction, might it have passed shadows or sparks to conflicted successors who felt boldness and pride buying against humanity's doubts. What inner turmoils arose from brushing against horrors their forebears authored while benefiting from darkness-born privilege. Though Cortez himself scorned noble birthright for merit's molding of talent, ambition's current clearly runs strong through veins of issue in epics hence. But what tempering by adversity or counsel marked that family's authorized champions when authority's ring sat heavy on unready brows? Perhaps answering darkness called forth crusades for justice that left impressions down the marching generations, or built inner safeguards against despotic slides as heirs designed new social compacts balancing welfare alongside order. From tree rings tracing hardship may have come wisdom unperceived by forest fellers, and ripping open Mexico's isolation such violent contact forged. What cultural alloys resulted from refugees, slaves and speculators shuttling between continents? Did the family line absorb complected complexity both genetic and mimetic from fusing civilizations in their ascendants? Might later renown have emerged equally through Spanish fire, native resilience, and destiny's quenching irony? Our narrative arc curves on, through vantageless centuries, where folklore's rooted strands surface before sinking sans trace. What forgotten greatness awaits rediscovery? As honeycomb civilizations rebuilding on ruins become ruins themselves, the land remembers even if annals do not. We delve deeper. And so the stage stood arrayed, as Cortez would soon harness rising torrents toward Mexican shores, an enterprise laden with consequence across continents and centuries unforeseen. Maturing banks of cloud and credulity now swelled the growing storm. As rumors contagion spread of islands overflowing gold and oriental spice troves, unlocked by Trento's Genoese mariner. If Mexico's earthly paradise awaited conquering for Christ and crown, ambitious conquistadors would answer duty's calling. But what mythology's pen might relay honest reckoning of all that soon crested? As kingdoms vaporize in cannonades echoing still and souls three centuries distant thrash against hemorrhaging dreams, where lies balm for wounds mutually born and inflicted? perhaps in the children of paradox, mestizo issue claiming yoked legacy from Red Pyramid and White Spire alike. Building new foundations where one world ended and another groaned fitful birth after the evening clouds cleared blood and temple smoke. Their ancestors' epic collisions birthed a people-spanning civilizational divide. But tracing waterway to aquifer remains obscured. As stewards of rising estates don ancestral personae seeking answers, might a secret family chronicle surface downstream, 
While Cortez prepares Armada and Prophecy now unrealized, some codex yet cloistered guides, with patient clues toward individuals etched integrally across events outrunning mortal plots though racing still through veins inheritance and memory share. We follow the soundings under obscurity's weighty oceans. In Coahuila and Nuevo Leon, a region that would later be significant to the de la Garza family, uncertain currents plagued in the fractious era that saw Mexican independence won but anarchy gaining speed in its place. As weakened central governments lost effective sovereignty over expansive northern transition zones between foreign colonizers and raiding Apache bands alike, anarchy raced toward filling voids left by evaporating empire. Isolated villages found themselves thrown back upon the brittle stability of family, fortune and firearm in absence of reliable magistrates or enlisted cavalry. Hefez owing influence more to name and firepower than laws or citizenship did impose order, of a capricious kind when not busy jockeying rivals to expand domains and cattle herds. So even the stoutest presidio gates or mission walls might resist indigenous assault for a time. But eroding isolation without and cohesion within spelled removal of last illusions pertaining to sanctuary. As when the ruined fortress at Las Enramadas fell silent after a year under Lapon siege, its starving ghostly remnants stumbling at last toward the Rio Nazis fairy gamble. Was it there the name first carved significance or notoriety into annals through daring faded to echo? The tide rushes onward as foreboding darkens eastern skies across fates and futures soon furled. Amidst the convulsions of Mexico finding its footing after independence, the enormous domain of Coahuila turned profoundly in upon itself for one of stable external anchors. Isolation cultivated insularity through necessity, as much as preference, in lands so recently beyond remotest imperial sightlines. Without reliable magistrates, military aid or community infrastructure, the latent potential of mineral deposits and fertile riparian corridors went extensively untapped, compared to districts better secured by federal attention. But neither did demonstrations of state force manifest beyond tax collection agents, working in tandem with local strongmen who mediated land disputes by customary law and politics of personality, as much as statutory precedent. So when floods or drought ruinated harvest yields for outlying rancheros, or native raiding parties grew bolder in tune with global conflicts preoccupying Mexican forces elsewhere. The good families of Villa Union and San Buenaventura applied themselves without complaint into repairing damage, rounding up stock driven off and burying kin carried away beyond all accounting. Through such rote demonstrations of Providence's cruel whims they moved forward, for there were scant alternatives but abandonment and they had invested much. The remote basin and range expanses eventually named Coahuila emerged but hazily into imperial awareness over long decades, as northern New Spain frontiers were probed and charted in piecemeal efforts more improvised than strategic. A harsh landscape only lightly peopled by scattered bands like the Toboso foragers initially showed meager returns for investment of authority or enterprise, compared to denser indigenous zones offering tribute or forced labor. So the territory remained essentially normalized buffer country into the 1600s, its mission outposts less centers of control, than thin chains of resupply oases across hostile wilderness, simply to facilitate transit links between distant garrisons. Their vulnerability meant sites like San Juan Bautista, founded in 1596, still provided last-ditch refuge when Apache raiding later surged unchecked by declining imperial forces. Gradually, Ambition or desperation filtered more ranchers, traders and mixed-race mestizos into the Rio Nazis watersheds birthed between Sierra Peaks, 
They braved regular peril and Toboso uprisings, banditry on lonely trails, overland trade caravans bypassing settlement for security. Barrera El Indio may still have been teaching his sons the old ways of cattle raiding to survive when Bourbon strategic priorities finally shifted to confront vast ungoverned zones through Crown Commissioned colonies. Thank you so much for listening to this Family Tree Saga. We know your time is precious. Look for more at FamilyTreeSagas.com.